Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. In a few weeks, we will begin another classic epic campaign, Spawn of Azathoth. It was written by Keith Herber, and our game master will be John Hook. We have not yet created our characters, but we have some good ideas. This is session zero, and we are going to see what we can come up with before we journey into the darkness. So let's begin, Matthew. I mean, no, Matthew. <laughs> John. Oh, me. I don't know where Matthew me. came from. <laughs> awesome. Well, players, welcome. This is going to be the classic campaign. Spawn of Azimuth. This will be a lot of fun. Uh, so I sent out a little uh, primer for you guys to look at, uh, for you to kind of consider as you're going to be making your characters. Um, I would like, pardon me, I would like each player to create two characters, uh, your initial primary, and let's go ahead and prepare a backup. Being that this is a campaign, I think you're going to need it. Who knows, though, you may be able to survive all the way through without needing your backup, but let's better better to be prepared. Um, also, I think it's gonna be important that all these characters have um, some way that we can connect them to each other. So an individual character does need to have uh, connection, you know, ley lines, if you will, to each and every other character, but at least one, so that if laid out on paper, we could connect the dots between all of them so that everybody does have some connectivity to the core group. The campaign, uh, I will say this much, it will begin in Providence, Rhode Island. Um, there are going to be uh, opportunities for the characters to uh, meet people in uh, polite, respectable society. Uh, so, at first blush, I don't think hobos would work, but if you are dead set on creating a hobo occupation character, we will find a way to do that. Uh, so that said, I'm really open to any other kind of character. Uh, your characters should be uh, ideally New England-centric, uh, but at least one of you... Uh, preferably maybe more than one, but at least one of you needs to be um, uh, either born and raised in Providence or uh, needs to have attended Brown University in Providence. And I will let you guys decide who that is. Maybe more than one of you um, uh, go to Brown. Uh, and, and maybe more than one of you have an education that spans to multiple uh, universities. Maybe some of you are at Brown. Maybe some of you have also been both at Brown and at Miskatonic or other universities, whatever that you want to do. Um, Arkham and, uh, and those uh, surrounding areas uh, do exist in this world. Uh, even though we are setting this in Providence, that's not to say that the uh, other fictitious towns don't exist. They do exist in this world. So, um, what, what's the year that it starts? Yes, good question. I thought I had already remember. I don't remember off the top of my head, but I can find that out 
real you fast. You had 1927. There we go. 1927. I don't. I think you said a month too. I don't remember that. May. I do remember it's May. So when we open up the uh, the scenario, when we uh, bring the camera into focus, it will be uh, May of 1927. All right. Would. Um, oh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say. Uh, Ever since you said that you were going to run the game and, uh, and invited the players, we've been thinking about what characters we want to play. So we've been discussing ideas behind, our, behind your back. Not really behind Good, good. Um, Plot, scheme. But, uh, I'm, I'm just going to suggest, Morgan, you talk about yours first since uh, I think that you do have a tie into Brown University. Yeah, yeah, so... I was thinking of playing a professor of astronomy, uh, Dr. Frederick Long, um, who was, I was thinking either he's a, he's a professor at Brown or he studied at Brown and is now a professor at Miskatonic. Either of those are perfect. Okay, so I'm thinking I'm going to go with, he was born and raised in Providence. He went to Brown, but he got a position um, down with Miskatonic, so that's where he lives now. That's perfect. I like that. I like that a lot. And then uh, I was thinking because he picked the astronomer, which I had also thought of too, um, I would go in the opposite direction and pick astrologer. And uh, I studied at Miskatonic and was uh, and uh, became a professor. But I was at, I was dismissed because my ideas were too ridiculous uh, for them to you know stomach, and so maybe I'm in Providence now. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's a that's a great two sided coin. That's really really good. But occasionally, Morgan and I see each other at parties, and we hate each other. <laughs> It's funny, I was just brainstorming some ideas and I, I chatted with Morgan briefly and our professions just sort of bumped into each other. I was thinking along the lines of a, a librarian. I'd never played the classic librarian. So I figured, oh, university librarian might be a good classic role to finally take. And this could be a great relation or, or connection at least, acquaintance at least with Morgan's character. And now that I hear Tom's character is similarly uh, aligned in a university, uh, I might know you as well or, or neither, but Probably. that might, yeah. I'm, I'm I, yeah, maybe I'm really interested in some of the esoteric books that you have access to. Maybe that's why I got kicked out because they wouldn't let me study Unosprechlich and Colton or uh, Yeah. <laughs> the late fees in the library books just got too high, Tom. Can't I check like the it. Necronomicon out for more than a couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Josh, what kind of character are you thinking about? Uh, I've kind of been, I've been umming and ahhing between things, but I've, at the minute I'm settling on, I was born in Providence, I went to Brown University, I'm now a professor at Brown University, and I'm a professor of history. That's great. That's a great character. 
but yeah, what? that's as far as I've got so far. Okay. Uh, David. I I have to say that, uh, you know, before this conversation began, I was also considering being an academic at Brown, but maybe we should bust it up a little bit and not have it all be eggheads. Sure. So, sure. That would be great. I'm, I'm the, the first idea that leapt into my head was that I might be a, a prominent Providence banker. Um, just because it leapt into my head and I, it seems to offer us a little variety in terms of personality type and interest. I think that's a great idea. I, I really like that. I really I like that. We'll work with that. Um, and then as far as how I know people, I mean, I could be on, uh, I could be a trustee at, at Brown um, because they like rich people for those sorts of positions boards of directors and trusteeships and things. Yep. Um, which could connect me to at least a couple of these folks at the university. So, David, um, in your studies at Brown University, is it conceivable that you may have taken some uh, archaeology classes? Absolutely. It makes sense to me. Uh, you know, okay. it's a, it's, it's a, a hot field in the twenties and it's okay. a field that a lot of dilettantes are operating in because they don't, you know, not every school is investing a great deal of money in archeology. span So it's sure. often rich people who are funding their own yeah. digs. Yeah. 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 You could, I mean, um, not to design your character, but uh, it, would it be possible that you could have been a, uh, major in finance and a minor in archaeology. That works for me. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, um, and it could uh, be like my. It could be that I come from a family of, uh, you know, upper crust financial types, and so that's I. True. Dad leaned on me to get the straight degree, but okay. my passion is for archaeology. Uh, so let's get to the brass tacks then, because I like these uh, high-level concepts. I like all five really, really well. Um, so um, I think these would make for perfect primary characters for this campaign, for these to be the, the characters that you guys initially start with. Um, I think it would uh, make it makes best sense for the narrative of the adventure of the scenario, if your characters uh, fall within the 30 to 40 age range, maybe as high as mid 40s. Uh, but if you have a preference to, to create a character who's uh, younger than 30 or older than 45, that's totally fine also. But um, I would say it would be, it would make sense as far as the five of you knowing each other, if you're also kind of in the similar age range, uh, because you kind of would, and again, 15 years, you know, 30 to 45 is a pretty, pretty big spread, but it's enough that, um, it's conceivable that you guys could, um, uh, run in the same circles, you know, uh, being of that uh, type of age range. So think about that too. If you, if you're, concerned or want to make someone who's older, more experienced or younger and less experienced. Again, that's fine. Uh, but 
um, I was kind of thinking that maybe it would make sense if everybody was in the 30 to 45 range, but make your own choices, please. I figured uh, so let's that, get, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead, please. Uh, I was just going to say, I figured since we're going to uh, green screen and costume this one, that our, our physical forms sort of need to fit in as well. So I'm to choosing on the, on the higher end of that, like 43, because I'm, I've got this. You know what I mean? Right. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm not 18. <laughs> you yeah. had me fooled. Likewise. I'll just, I'll just say that. You had me fooled. <laughs> well, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, you guys could, you know, and, and, but Morgan doesn't necessarily have to create someone who's, you know, a teenager, right? I mean, you're 17, right? 17, 18. <laughs> a little, a little older than that. Not Just much. a little bit older. Okay. <laughs> there, there, there are two twos in my age. Okay. There are two twos. Okay. Both, you have both the twos. Oh, that's good. I have, I have both of them. I've achieved. That's awesome. <laughs> I think, um, I think, uh, Josh is younger. I'm the youngest. Is Josh younger? Josh, how? Yeah. Oh. Josh is 21. Oh, you're going to be 22 in September. Yeah. yeah. He's soon to achieve his two twos. Yeah. Babes. The babes. <laughs> All the With babes. the power. Okay. With, With the power. All the power. Right. power. Unlimited power. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so let's get down to the brass tacks. Let's uh, put your characters together. You know, we're going to use the uh, um, quick fire rules, and so uh, there's that spread of uh, of uh, so uh, forty five values. Yeah. Then three fifties. Yeah. Two sixties, and then a seventy and an eighty. And for our luck, do we do? Three D six reroll ones, four D six drop lowest, just three D six. Oh, good question. Um, good question. Let's I do three ones like two characters ago. <laughs> I'm still. <laughs> I was in Matthew's um, game, and he kept having, you know, group group luck rolls. Yeah, and we were all that's like, funny. Ah. <laughs> all right, so let's do luck in this manner. Three D six. Reroll, reroll ones, but only a single reroll per die. Got it. So if so, if that die comes up a one again, it's set. It's a one. Okay. It's a one. Okay. Oh. So we'll do that for luck. Okay. Here we go. Yeah. So I guess and it's, it's and then that that times what five? Yeah. Times yes. five. All right. I did get a double one, but I then I got two fours, so I'm all right. Yeah, a, a one. I got saved from a one. Now I have a 50 luck, so right in the middle. I have, I have got, 60 luck. So. I got 65. So. Six, three, and a one. Here's my one re-roll of a one. Ooh, and a five. So six and five is 11, plus three is 14, times five is 70. Okay. Very nice. good. It's better than 15. It's, it's better than 15. <laughs> uh, so I think I think my 
main stat's going to be intelligence, then education. No, uh, POW, because I am a mystical astrologer. Ah, uh, yes. And then so, um, averaging down what from there. What occupation are you taking, Tom? Uh, it's still professor. Okay. But uh, I'm not currently working at a university. I'm... Okay. Let me, that, might uh, actually, uh, that might actually be interesting for my secondary character. You said it doesn't have to be tied to us, but if it is tied to us, it could be the guy that I work with who dupes the people out of their money and gets them. He yeah. rings the bell in the dark and uh, moves the Ouija board. Oh, Houdini would love. When would I'm, love uh, him. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm, I'm bilking little old ladies out of their cash. Oh, there it is, way at the back. Ah. I've never been unscrupulous. Maybe I'll be unscrupulous in this game. Hate so I didn't know, you know, Tom, with the type of of character that you're playing. Is there something like a cultist? Well, that's just it. I think I think your character, uh, because of the concept that you put together, could actually fall under a, a variety of occupations. So so let me uh take a look at this occupation list. And uh, maybe, you know, because that could give you um, access to different skills, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. not that, not that you're limited to any skills. I mean, obviously with your uh, uh, personal uh, development points, you can put them in anything, but you might consider um, things like, um, cultists i could see yeah. a cultist uh, being the, one of these um i could also see um i could see criminal um, yeah but but real minor criminal you know very minor no, no, no i think very, he's I, I totally agree I, I i actually thought of that i thought that he'd have a really high history and that's basically magic lore and all of that sort of uh -huh. stuff. That's what he's taught and studied. But he's also got sleight of hand. So he can yeah. pick your pocket and he can, you know, make yes. things suddenly yes. appear on the table. And would, that, doesn't, doesn't criminal have that? I mean, yeah, you know, you could, you could highlight, you know, also with the criminal, they'll have the, the combat skills. You don't, you don't have to highlight those if you don't want them to, but they're available to you if you so yeah. you know if you wanted to put some points into it um i don't know about the other professors but my character is always armed but he's armed with a derringer some ridiculous dainty little pearl handled thing tiny yeah yeah that uh mostly for show but also because you know you never know when somebody's going to come up behind you and yep i am armed with a letter opener <laughs> a very that nice be, letter yeah we, we will i will allow letter opener to be small knife we'll do small knife damage with that wonderful you're also a librarian so you've got a lot of book clue you can stick them to the wall really quick oh, yeah. <laughs> Turn it in their eyes and poke them with the, the letter opener uh for the banker david 
Um, Banker is not an actual occupation that they've, you know, pre thought of, but yeah. there's like accountant. If you wanted to use the accountant, uh, occupation and just, and just call it banker. Um, they have bank robber. My other question, uh, especially, um, for, uh, at least Tom and I who are playing, more middle-aged types. I'm wondering about uh, Great War experience and whether any of us served in the Great War. Yep. Uh, and and uh, in this, you know, I don't, something that I think is really fun to use, uh, if you have access to your uh, investigator handbook, mm -hmm. on page 61 is the optional rule of experienced investigators. Mm -hmm. And there's the war experience package the police experience package, organized crime, medical, and there's mythos. I, if anybody wanted to be a war vet, I'm totally down for that. Have your character include the war experience package. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of that. sense for me. If I'm going to be yeah, 42, I'm very much of active age in the war. I think that my character is a coward, so he's probably somehow managed to continue teaching. And I don't know, maybe they figured the teachers were too valuable to send them off to the war. Well, or you could have faked kids. an injury during during the uh, the draft period, you know. When the, the oh, bone spurs! I, uh, I walk with a cane. <laughs> I walk with a cane that I don't actually need. Yeah. There you go. Until I'm I need to 40. run. Then I... <laughs> That's right. And and having a cane is a handy club or oh. could be a sword cane, you know, so. Yeah. I couldn't find a sword cane. Look at cane. that. So at age 40 for me, that would also ballpark put the, the war package being, because a huge portion served in the war in the States. That's true. Um, I mean, I don't know what the percentage is, but it, it was a pretty large amount. So um, I guess I'll, and, I'll go and for And some, some of those lads were smart enough to sign up for um, paperwork uh, jobs. So some of them signed up to serve in the war as clerks or war correspondence, you know, to be a journalist or something. Um, so not that anybody here, I mean, this, this group, which again, I like the, I like the, the core concept that you guys have put together. Um, it is a very academic group. Uh, we don't have any journalists. We don't have any doctors, uh, but we're still only on our primary characters. We have our secondary characters, and maybe some of these other occupations will will kind of come in through that. Um, so yeah, you can you know if you feel like your character is old enough to have served and did serve, go ahead and add the war experience package to yeah. your character. So that's a that's a hit on uh, Sam though. Oh yeah, yeah, there it is. I took. 13. It does. Yep, there's a little One. bit of a, of a sand hit. 1d10 plus 5. Here we go. Into the breach. How bad was it? 
that one, not too bad. Three plus five is eight. All right. Yeah, I, I took 13, so I'm considering uh, maybe a phobia or mania instead of an injury or a scar, because that's a non-trivial amount of sand loss. I did not have a fun time. Uh, that's true, yeah. Yeah, we can, I can help you out with that if you want to, uh, to randomize it. I've got, uh, I have some phobia and, and uh, mania tables here. Sure, let's, uh, let's choose, let's, let's roll it and see if we get something that makes yeah. sense for the Great War. All right, so why don't you first do a, uh, uh, like a D6 and tell me odd or even, and that'll determine whether you're doing phobia or mania. Phobia will be odd, okay, mania will three, be even. That's a three, so phobia. And now roll a D100, and we'll see what uh, phobia. 87. 87. 87 is... Oh, this is cool. Uh, Triskaidekaphobia. Oh, fear of 13? Fear, fear of 13. 13. Fear of the number 13. That's that's night. That's a. I like that as a starting phobia because it isn't crippling and doesn't prevent me from doing right. reasonable exactly. things. Exactly, but it can yeah, come up, no. you know, willy nilly. Well, and yeah, this is a this is a great phobia for me as a keeper. I can add a thirteen into different areas that may or may not have uh, vital impact, but it could be just that amount of a of a psychic roadblock for you, you know. The German 13th Infantry Division fought the Americans in uh, World War One. Yeah, and, and 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 for 13 days you were you were uh, pinned down by enemy fire, and you thought they were the your final days, you know. So, yeah, there's all kinds of things uh, that could that could trigger that for you. Yeah, that sounds good. With I, oops, sorry. Yeah, because I'm thinking of maybe my character being about early 30s maybe he would have served because he would have been young and he might have been like yeah this is something that i want to i want to go help my country so i think maybe maybe he would have served okay i, I i'm totally good with that you can serve so let's see that sand loss oh god that is 12 sanity lost. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> so that takes me to 38 sanity. What? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't even started. It's a good thing we're making two characters, right? <laughs> we're, we're all heavily injured already. <laughs> Maybe my backup character will be his psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, sounds like one finally, is necessary. That's finally somebody who can pass a psychology role. In the let's, <laughs> let's randomize that phobia. I'll do a phobia as well. Why not a phobia? I mean. All right. Uh, well, roll it. Roll it. Roll a d6. Tell me odd or even. Odd is phobia. Even is mania. Okay. Um, odd. I'll go odd. Odd phobia. So d100. Uh, sixty-seven. 67. Oh, this one makes good sense too, uh, especially for being a vet. Um, 
and and I can spell this for you if you need me to, but uh, legrophobia, it's a fear of loud noises. Oh, that makes a lot of sense for somebody in the war. Yeah, legrophobia. uh, Spell that. (laughs) Yep, ready? Yep. L-I-G. Yep. Y-R-O. Yep. Phobia. P-H-O-B-I-A. And fear of loud noises. Fear of loud noises. Makes a lot of. <laughs> Did uh, <laughs> see him so trying what? to fire a gun? <laughs> well, one of you fire a gun, and I'm just like shaking yeah. in the corner. <laughs> He's trying to plug his ears and fire the gun at the same time. <laughs> Should should I roll as well for uh, eight sand loss, or is that more down in the realm of a a scar, or or would that be? You can choose. You can choose. If you think it's enough to, I mean, in in game terms, losing five is enough to invoke um, a bout of madness. So, you know. If you prefer to have a phobia or mania, we can randomize that. If you prefer instead to have a scar, a very manly scar, you can do that. We'll go uh, one, two, three. We'll have part of my hand blown off. We'll take two fingers off. And uh, and four, five, six, it'll be some horrible mental. It's a one. All right, so I'll go down to just a couple fingers missing. Oh, damn. Sweet. <laughs> Crap. Jesus. What have you chosen for decks? 45. I, I kept it the lowest. <laughs> there you go. That totally <laughs> makes sense. You will it not be doing sense. any card tricks. Yeah. It was, it, your, your decks was 50 until you had those fingers blown off. Yeah. All right. That's going down in scars and horrible things. <laughs> I like it. Morgan, what's going on with you? Um, I don't think... So being 45, my character, he would have been 35? He would, I mean, he would have been in his, his 30s when the war was on. And he probably would have just... Service, service is not mandatory. You, you, you could <laughs> have found a way to get out of it. He passed. He passed. He's not... He didn't serve. All right. I like it. So, so like academia was a more important thing to do than going and killing Germans in the trenches. So, there you go. Question: If for my secondary character I choose somebody who's a con man, does that really work in this campaign? Is a con man going to make it, or is a con man a criminal element that wouldn't? cooperate with anybody and that's a good question um of course it would boil down to the way that you wanted to role play him um certainly the character uh could be um under normal circumstances a con man character could be very self-centered uh, only looking out for themselves, trying to you know pull the wool over their mark size in order to benefit themselves, and then maybe uh, as you somehow get kind of embroiled into this adventure, um, 
you know, you're, you've changed and you're trying to rise above yourself. You're trying to, to have that, you know, greater good kind of, uh, of outlook. Um, that's possible. Um, if you were going to want to role play the character as self-centered, only looking out for themselves, what's best for me, where can I profit from this mystery that I've become involved in? Um, may not work for the narrative, but again, you know, I, it's how you want to play the game. Um, right. Yes. I mean, sometimes see, we pick characters and then we, once we're in the game, we realize the character doesn't really work for the story, in which case they don't have much to do and they don't, you know, they don't make this, they don't add to the story. For instance, like if a con man goes on horror on the Orient Express, it, it makes almost no sense at all, you know, how he would even get on the Orient <laughs> Express. Or, Again that and that that concept you're right doesn't work if the if the con man is maintaining the it's all about me right how can i profit from this if somehow the character has had some kind of epiphany and is going through a life-changing event and yes i've spent my life as a con man but now i'm trying to do myself better and and be better for mankind but he has you know those that could be right but he he still has the skills that that he you know that he relied on for so long, but now maybe there was some kind of change. If you make that change part of your character and that becomes the focal point for your role play where you say, yeah, I am this con man occupation, but I've had this change. Something, you know, make that part of your character. Something has changed me. And now I'm kind of, I'm trying to rise above it. And, and I'm a, I'm a person who is in a state of change. I don't know what I'm becoming. Maybe that character is going to eventually go to go on to learn new skills to become a law enforcement officer, right? Well, um, yeah, maybe. But you haven't achieved that occupation yet. You're still you're still working with your old occupation, you know, knowledge as you're in that transition. So it depends on how you want to role play him. Okay. Uh, I so actually like that, that idea now that you say it that way. It makes a lot of I, sense. I, it can work. It can work. And, and, and as a game master, I, I try to, as different individual players, bring different character types to the table. Sometimes um, different characters... Uh, don't blend well with others, but I do try to uh, to find a way to make them work, and and sometimes that conflict uh, makes for uh, entertainment. So, which is why we do this on YouTube, right? Oh, make it entertaining for everybody. I, do, I have an idea for a backup character. Yes, second character. I'm thinking a private investigator who served in the war with. One of the other characters that were in the war, like an old I, war buddy or somebody. Yes, I love that idea. Not we've my already own got character. Three serve in the war. Yep, yeah, we've got three other uh, uh, war vets. You can definitely tie in with one of those. Um, maybe the war is how I know Stuart's character. 
Exactly. See, we can use the war to tie in some of these other characters together. Maybe you saved one of my fingers in a yeah. jar. <laughs> I, don't, I like just keep it behind my desk. Like it's on a necklace. Everyone. He wears it around his neck all the time. Yeah, that's that's how I lost it. It was a bet. We we were gambling. <laughs> we got drunk. I lost. There went the finger. <laughs> and there went my sanity whilst I was helping <laughs> you chop your fingers. <laughs> So I think my my second character will be tied into my first character in that he's a con man and together they build gold ladies out of their their money with the, the whole swami uh, fortune telling thing. Yep, yep. But maybe he doesn't like doing it and maybe uh, he, the second character kind of comes in when the first character bites the dust. Right, so that might that might be the thing that changes him. I like that. Uh, he could good. be uh, he could be your your no good younger brother. Your, yeah. So when you we, when you lost your university position and started to believe your own nonsense, he showed up and like, you know, we could make a dollar out of this. Yep. Or the nephew, the nephew who looked up to you, you know, and then you know, should should your uh, primary character. Uh, uh, be removed from the game for pretty much any reason. Uh, that could be enough to motivate uh, the younger character to um, uh, avenge you or get retribution for whatever yeah. happened. And and that might also be the uh, the metamorphosis for that character is a kind of elevating out of the uh, how can I profit? What's it? It's all about me kind of attitude. Right. that a con man normally would have. So are people uh, assigning skill points? Are you getting into your skills and stuff? Yes. I, uh, yes. Yes, definitely. And I'm, they're, they're going, I mean, really, according to the character, my professor's got Latin and Greek because he studied the occult and he studied that's where you can find all these books. Great. And he's got spot hidden and he's got sleight of hand because he kind of pickpockets. Yeah. Uh, and so David, you said your character is going to have uh, some archeology span uh, to kind of, uh, it doesn't have to be a huge amount, but just if you would drop a few points into archeology, span that would uh, help me make some sense of this. Sure, I'm using the uh, uh, white collar worker executive template. Um, right. And that gives me uh, a fair number of points to, to put into. Spread around. Yeah, to put into non uh, core skills. I've got a fair amount of anthropology and accounting because that's uh, allowed for in my librarian template. Okay. Spread a little there. We're going to account the heck out of those yes. arch fiends. I've got some accounting as well. Oh, nice. Number crunching. Remember, debits on the left, credits on the right. <laughs> Red and black. 
obviously my main one is history. That's where I've got the largest. Now, one other request, and this is, this is, of course, you're the GMB, so no. Right, yeah, so it's no. My, my, my professor, my professor worked at Miskatonic. Is there any chance that he got his nose in a book that he shouldn't have and gained one or two percent Cthulhu mythos? Ooh. Oh, okay. Um, something that maybe he doesn't necessarily believe, but he's got it in his head. Well, would your character, and I will, I will, this is one I do want to kind of have a little bit of, of control over right absolutely. would your character like to have the uh, mythos experience package um i don't know where that is in the book. page page 62 page 62 where are the page numbers oh why why did they put them wait maybe they're not this is my <laughs> oh, oh down the path you go. <laughs> ah, let's see. Mythos experience package. The investigator has knowledge of the Cthulhu mythos either in an academic sense or through tangible experience. Discuss with the keeper how the investigator is aware of the Cthulhu mythos through reading books or experience and write this into the investigator's backstory. If the knowledge has been gained through reading books, describe whether the investigator investigator is a believer or not. Uh, adjust the following for the investigation. Uh, increase Cthulhu Mythos skill to level agreed by the keeper. Reduce maximum sanity in line with the Cthulhu Mythos skill. If a believer, deduct san equal to the amount of Cthulhu Mythos skill gained. Add two to the following to the investigator's backstory, injury scar, okay, mania, phobia, or encounter with strange entity associated with the mythos experience, spells only if a believer. With the keeper's permission, the keeper will determine what spells the investigator has access to. Is that tempting or what? <laughs> Do it. That, is, that sounds tempting. I say go for it. I'll go for it. Yeah. <laughs> like the other half of us are already heavily hit with sand loss already. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, 35 points in... Uh, no. <laughs> it's uh, Doesn't it Whatever. say D10 plus 5? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. That's more than I really expected. D10 plus 5. Holy crap. I've really read some books, haven't I? Dice go... I can't even find my dice. You've played this game before, right? I have. Just a couple times. Well, there it is. Yeah, just, there. just once or twice. One of those situations where I'm holding the dice in my hand while I'm looking for it on the Oh, table. yeah. Like, where are your glasses? Wait a minute. 
10. <laughs> Is that what you rolled or that's the total? That's no, I got a 10 at plus five. Oh, you maxed it. Oh, oh God. Yeah, drop. <laughs> zero, drop zero is 15. a 10, right? Yeah, yeah. Holy yeah. shit. Wow. <laughs> Are we all just badly sanity damaged? At the <laughs> all right, that's a first for any character of mine. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, uh, so, as you guys make your characters, when you get your names and everything, um, Stuart uh, put his in the uh, chat, and I would appreciate that because I'm going to take some. Uh, some notes here, so I've got them on hand. Oh, okay. Well, we'll also send you all of our character sheets. Yes, that would be that would be uh, much appreciated. I just put that up there just so everyone else could kind of, you know, everyone's brain can start. The, the process. Yeah, basically, I, I for my name, I, I rolled three times for the first name, three times for the last name, and picked the, my favorites out of the out of what I rolled, and it it was Cornelius Cuthbert. Yeah, that's all I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do that. There's some great names in there. <laughs> There's some really bizarre names as well that you wouldn't have thought of. Yeah, like Cecil. But I didn't roll Cecil. No, I think occultist is most proper most proper for my character. And I like the the nep nephew brother. I like the brother idea. Which gives away. Um, did you actually achieve a PhD, Dr. Zeno? I, professors don't necessarily have PhDs, do they? No. Oh, God. Yeah, just, so no. Could be. Okay. Technically, my, actually, my education, I only put down 60. So that's enough to be dangerous, but probably not doctor. Right. But that doesn't stop you from calling yourself doctor. Right. That's what I want to get at <laughs> is, is your professional stage name is your Dr. Zeno Saladin. Right. My real name is Herbert Bunce. <laughs> so for right. the names, I wrote a hundred on the period names because I've been doing what Stuart did wrong free. And I got a hundred and that's Zebedee as a male name. Yeah. Do it. That's awesome. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Depends on what I roll on the last name. <laughs> That's on 54 and 55. Zebedee. <laughs> cool. All right. I need to figure out my second character. So with my military experience, the wartime package, I'm just keeping it simple. I'm pouring it into just two categories. 
one for uh, uh, fighting brawl, which I didn't have anything in before, but I figured, you know, part of basic, you're pretty well versed in that. And then the other part yes. is, uh, is into first aid. Know how to, you know, do triage and stuff like that. And that's it. I'm, I'm not going to uh, get all commando with the uh, with combat. Yeah, I went with first aid as well because I feel like he would have tried to help people more, so maybe he would have gone that route. Okay, so my name is Zebedee Cordova. That's what I'm going with. Zeb. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Call you Zeb. Yeah, Zeb. And Zeno. Zeno and Zeb. Oh, this is going to be great. <laughs> Tongue twisters. Left it to the dice. Yeah. <laughs> and Dexter. I like that. Myron Dexter. There's yeah. like lots of X's and Z's. Yep. I like Myron Dexter a lot too. My secondary character is Theo Bunce. Herbert's oh, brother. I'll think about that. I'm thinking maybe a doctor for my second character. I don't know. A medical doctor. I don't know. Maybe a journalist. Did did someone say they were thinking of a, a private investigator for their second? Yes, my, my secondary character is a private investigator who served in the war, so that's kind of my tie-in to somebody else. Do you need Hank a driver? Bennings. Hmm? Do you need a driver? A mechanic and driver? No, I'm, I'm giving myself a few points in drive auto. Oh, okay. Um, with this guy, anyway. Um, about a mechanic. Is anyone running a dilettante that might need a mechanic and driver? Well, if I was a, I could be like a, a really high-end doctor, but I could have my own driver. I don't know. Who knows? And every character with the war is heavy, heavy losses. I just lost thirteen sand. The backup character. That's awesome. I think I'm gonna duck out of the war for my last character. <laughs> I want to have some regular sand. Thank you. I don't know what to be for my second character. Hmm, I'll have a look. I'll have a think. Hmm. That's my <gasps> character. That many luck, though, on the back of character. Do you still have those phobias and manias handy? I sure um, do. Okay. So, odd, which is a phobia? Odd is phobia. And 20. Fear of clowns. I have to think long and hard about how the war gave me that. Okay. 
well, you know, the, the German clown battalion, <laughs> you know, they just came right at you. I mean, it could have, it could have been uh, a fear as a child that, um, you know, you could have had a fear of clowns as a child and then just the, the experience of the war, um, you could have had an experience with, you know, flashing lights of, 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 uh, ordnance being exploded and, um, you know, um, who knows? I mean, there, you could have been, um, you know, uh, your, 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 uh, squad, your, your division could have been like moving through a town and, uh, there could have been a, uh, a carnival, or you know some sort of traveling uh, group that was already devastated right so there's already carnage um uh, of this of this carnival uh, just outside of this little this little french town or something and uh, and as your you know squad was moving through uh, there could have been uh you know snipers or or, or some kind of ambush set up in that carnival and that just, you know, that just heightened your childhood fear of clowns as these, you know, people who were disguising themselves as, uh, as clown corpses stood up with guns and started attacking. I mean, it could have been anything, right? Okay. There's no carnage like carny carnage. <laughs> Question for the keeper. Um... Would a second character, might it be too late to introduce an archaeologist as a second character? So just like a full-on archaeologist? No, no that's still great. Okay. It's a, and I, it's a perfect opportunity for that. I'm, I might just do that then. I will commit to cover the archaeology. Spot. Perfect. Uh, now what do I want my second character to be? Zebedee, oh my god. <laughs> the dice spoke. Alright, I'm gonna stick with it. Josh, you've you've enforced the uh the tradition. Yeah, I've done it for a second character as well, but Oh, alright. I will do it for my second. <laughs> We're just gonna blame the book, page fifty-four and fifty-five. Where did the dice fall? Yeah, my second character will be called Samson Lake. Oh, that's a good name. I like that. I think I a friend of mine honeymoon honeymoon there. He <laughs> <laughs> probably sent you a message because he didn't want to say it out loud. Because it's more fun if they don't know. <laughs> Keeping secrets, are you? Already. Uh, I approve, Tom. Okay. And then the question then is, do I get a spell? Um. Yes. Okay. Let me. The pyrotechnics begin early. Destroy all let me, monsters. <laughs> let me, let me uh, consult the book. 
going to be minor. Uh, you know what? I'll go journalist for Sam. Samson Lake is a journalist. That's what we'll go. Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. Ah, my first character name that I came up with was a Solomon. It's a good name. Uh, it's Samson. Samson. Oh, Samson. Sorry. Yeah. He's a strong guy. I was clo- it was close to Solomon, I think. Do you think, gonna... John, a psychiatrist would be out of place? Absolutely not. Psychiatrists would be perfect. Okay, I think I'm, my, my backup's going to be a psychiatrist. Since my... yeah, he, yeah, he could have been my psychologist. We could say... By time I need a backup character, we'll probably all need psychiatrists. <laughs> right? All right. Uh, Samson likes a coward. He wouldn't have served in the war. Did they have... Did they have psychiatrists in that year? I know they had alienists. Psychiatrist is like, a medical doctor and a... And I feel a, like alienist is a more 19th century term. Uh, although what the drugs were in terms of psychiatry in 1927, you know, pretty, pretty primitive. Give him some morphine. <laughs> <laughs> He seems to like it. It lifts his moods. Absinthe and laudanum all the way. Lobotomies. (laughs) Lobotomies. Archibald (laughs) Crabtree. What a name. What a name. Crabtree or Crabtree? <laughs> in, in the investigator's handbook, it says until the 1930s, any physician could request being listed in the directory of the American Medical Association as a specialist in psychiatry. Oh, okay. I think I like the word alienist better than. <laughs> sure, yeah. It sounds creepy. Oh, actually, under psychiatrist, it also says see alienist. Oh, there you go. Well, like you say, it could be 18th century or 17th, uh, 19th century. We do have games in the gaslight, which we haven't had very many. Stuart, you like the gaslight stuff. Oh, yeah, I love that. Oh, yeah. And, and the, the uh, player guide says in the 20s, alienist is still in use. In the TV show, he's basically looking into criminal criminal investigation into psychological weirdos. Alrighty. EDU times four for my skill points as an archaeologist. I like that idea that you came up with that my character got kicked out of the university and then his brother is like, hey, we could make some money out of this. Let's figure out a way. That's that's it, really cool. Also, since you rolled maximum sand loss, like it makes so much more sense that you couldn't keep your astronomy free of your astrology anymore and started just scaring the undergraduates. Yeah. All right, uh, let's do this. Hmm. 
my psychiatrist uh, did well with the luck score. Oh, good. 15. Sixty-five. Very nice. Oh, that's right. Uh oh, let's see how. Let's see. Am I? Am I an Indiana Jones archaeologist, or am I? <laughs> am I a Where's Waldo? Whatever. Ooh, five, five, five. I'll take that. Uh, what is that? That's uh, seventy-five. Seventy-five. You're one of those archaeologists that uses dynamite to, uh, <laughs> to find things. You know, the funniest thing, I, I heard a big criticism for that, that, you know, archaeologists never use dynamite. But I was watching an old movie, and they were in Egypt excavating, and they were using dynamite. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Who, what, what archaeologist in one of the games we had um, had a Barrett like 50 caliber rifle. Uh, that was Zane. And... <laughs> yeah, Zane. That's yeah, always that's right. Zane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> an archaeologist, but the, the like something that can take out an elephant at like 200 yards. <laughs> uh, one never knows when you never know when a rhinoceros will show up while you're are, are excavating. Oh, yeah. Zane, if you watch this, know that we love you. Oh, 100%. Of course we do, yes. Zane. That's inspiring me. There's, there's, no, there's no shade there. But, but, but don't worry. I'm not asking for an elephant rifle. Holy so. crap. Zane texted me just as you said that. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, he sent the Barrett rifle. <laughs> he knew. How did he know? That's weird. Alexa, what time is it in Auckland, New Zealand? They are. It's 1.57 p.m. Oh, 1.57 p.m. Tomorrow, though, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So no. it's tomorrow afternoon. August two fifty-seven for me in the morning. So, jeez, Josh, that's dedication. Josh, you I are don't. a nut. I don't go to bed till like five in the morning anymore. Yeah. I don't. I don't sleep very well. So, it's it's perfect. It's okay. Perfect time. Okay. Um. Okay, should I go with a with the wartime package? I, I need to look up the stats. What was the percentage of, let's see, 43, it's what, 1927? Yeah, 27. So 27, so 1917 would be 10 years ago. I'm 43 now, so that'd be 33. So let's see, percentage of 33-year-olds in the U.S. that fought in the war. Let's see if I can look that up. Did I come up with on my? Oh yeah. 
I'm using Dole's, Dole House, Dole's House. Oh, okay, so, uh, oh, sorry. I like their, uh, their online Call of Cthulhu form filler router. So depending on age bracket, it is 25 to 30% of the population. Oh, but that's probably dropping off old and young. Tom, I sent you an email. Okay, I'll look at it in just one sec. So I have Stuart's two characters. I have Tom's two, Morgan's two. I'm looking for Josh's second and David's second. I did. I think. Ah, I there's there's David's. I see David's now. Oh no! Oh, I never pressed enter on mine. It's just that. Yeah, Samson's a little a little bit of a coward, so he's good at running if he needs to. I'm a journalist, so you want to know my private investigator? Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah, that would probably be a good connection. Because you'd probably come to me and I may come to you. Both do some snooping around. Yeah. So I've kind of gone down the investigative journalist route, so. Perfect. Um, so what we'll, okay, good. I'm glad you got that, Tom. Uh, so um, what we will do is we're going to make the assumption as the game is unfolding uh, that um, in the off periods, in the times when the camera is not focused on your character um communiques unless your character is somehow restricted and unable to make a communique communiques are being sent to to others to background characters um we're not going to worry about uh i mean unless you really feel like expressing that during the gameplay we're not going to need to worry about that so that if and when it ever comes to the point where a backup character is required, that uh, this known assumption that communiques are happening behind the scenes, that will be the trigger. So either it is now because of the uh, lack of um, of timely and steady communiques not coming in for that backup character. Now they're like, what's going on? Why did, why did so-and-so stop writing or stop sending me uh, messages? Um, or it might be, you know, uh, clear enough to where uh, maybe a third party type of character is able to directly inform the backup character and say something terrible has happened. Um, you should probably go and check this out. Well, now that character, because that character has been receiving communiques throughout, already has the information that they need to get into the mystery up and running, uh, no matter where that mystery might be located 
uh, at the time. Okay. Um, so good. I'm just trying to put that out there as a mechanic so that we've got a way, you know, it's to plausibly pretty, bring them in. It's usually pretty easy to find to bring them in. Yeah, and I, I didn't want to be having it like grasping at straws last second. You know, I don't want us to th be thinking about it later. This is just something that'll be in place, unspoken, happening, you know, behind the scenes. And then now we can bring in the new characters. Um, great. Awesome. So um, you guys can update. So... Um, Stuart, um, I would like you, now that we have our characters kind of set, Stuart, I would like you uh, for Archibald Crabtree, okay. the archaeologist, um, you can put a note in the section about uh, important people. Got it. Um, you can make a note that Philip Baxter, Baxter okay. was your mentor. Philip Baxter was yeah. your mentor. You kind of studied under uh, Philip, um, and you know maybe you started out as a TA as you were getting you know your degree and everything. Um, but uh, uh, Philip Baxter was one of your um, mentors when you were uh, getting your education. And the same thing is going to go for uh, Myron Dexter. Uh, Myron Dexter, um, you can just simply kind of note um, off to the side or whatever that um, uh, you were drawn more for the probably of course you have your own reasons but probably i would assume the uh stability and the uh uh more you know the more guaranteed future of of having a um a wealthy and stable future in the in the realm of finances and banking uh but um on the other side of the coin, you know, cause that, that really did draw you and took you into your financial or into your occupational direction. But, um, you really were close. You were close to, um, being an archeologist because of the, um, the lectures that you had, uh, that were given by, uh, professor Philip, Baxter. He was very captivating and um, compelling. And, uh, you know, he's one of those teachers that, uh, that left an impression. And it was almost, it was just almost strong enough to, uh, to make you change careers. But uh, you, you definitely know that you made the right choice for your career. But there was always that little thing in the back of your mind going, man, if I, if I, if I had the chance to do it over again, I may have chosen an archeologist because professor Baxter, he really definitely um, had that passion for the, for that uh, field of study 
and and, uh, and, and he taught archaeology at Brown when I was an undergraduate. Yes. Did he have yeah. a, a regional specialty, or like was he known for digs in a particular place? Um, not that I'm aware of, but we can say uh, we can say uh, the Badlands, right? Since that's the biggest and largest area in the in the United States. So uh, in in the Montana Badlands, uh, he did some of the uh, early um, groundbreaking uh, finds in the Badlands. Might have I been his junior assistant at that time? Yes. Or? Yeah. So um, you, I, I like the idea. Since you went with archaeologists with Archibald, you were definitely, I'm going to say you were a, a TA, a teacher's assistant for him during that time period. You've done digs in Montana with him. You've done uh, lectures, you know, taught um, uh, in his stead, you know, did some of his classes for him at Brown, that kind of stuff, right? Until you you know, ascended and get your own degree. Perfect. We might have even met David, uh, uh, Myron, and Archibald. We might have even been in Absolutely. the same. Yeah. yeah. Your characters can have more than one. You have to have a minimum of one, but you can have more than one uh, connection to some of the other characters. You just, it's not necessary to have this spider web, you know, that connects you to every character. But having connections to two or three characters, one, two, or three is going to be perfect. Uh, Stuart, which of your characters worked with Baxter? Uh, that's Archibald Crabtree. He's a 43-year-old archaeologist. Okay, so that's your backup character. Yeah, my backup. But I, I could presumably also know you're a librarian because of being a trustee at Brown. Exactly, yeah. He's 40-year-old librarian Cornelius Cuthbert at Brown University. H how old is uh, Myron, David? 44. 44. Uh, I'm also so, yeah. thinking there's... There might be a connection between Morgan's detective and me yeah, and my, yeah. my brother. <laughs> ah, yeah. So yep. these, so a few more, like so. So if Hank, if the private investigator also grew up in in Providence, he could have been like grew up down the street from my character, from Doctor Long. Um, so there's a tie there, and then he get easily served in the war with another one of the uh, the war people, so he could have two connections. But he would be another reason why I don't like uh, Tom's character very much. Because I, we need uh, to we need to write out all of the characters <laughs> and the strings. Together. <laughs> Big, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you probably worked with Samson Lake as your PI. So write out the uh, the Vizio charts. Oh no, busy <laughs> back in the day. Oh my god, I haven't played with those in a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Oh, it's gonna be good. Oh, um, I should roll to see if my archaeologist had uh war experience. So that's about 30% of people his age were in. So I'll just roll a straight up percentage dice. 63. Okay, so I wasn't yet. I like it. I have a funny feeling that my job in this whole thing is going to be, you're going to throw all these handouts at me that I'm going to have to do, and then people are going to keep changing their characters, and I'm going to keep having to make new overlays. <laughs> no. Well, the hope is that we don't die. <laughs> I think it's. it seems like a half of us at least have more stable backup characters than starting characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
You know, John, we have played a couple of games where we played two characters each. That'll be too. Time. That'll be too many for too this. Many. Yeah. yeah. But like uh, D- David, we we played uh, at your door. Yeah, our assistants and their characters all had assistants, and so the assistants were always doing the stuff that they didn't have to do, so that they could continue doing their stuff. My alien is just sane and lucky, and our assistants were kind of in a stasis box much of the time. Yeah, <laughs> and then occasionally they would wheel out to fail to save us from a giant or something. You had, you had a couple of, of episodes where it was just the assistants. Well, mine almost died. <laughs> My backup character almost died. Like, no, I need you. <laughs> <laughs> I think, was it, was it Jason's was the only one that actually became into effect, yeah. of your character? Because mm-hmm. <sighs> Jason's character's always having sex with the NPCs. The Captain Kirk effect. Regardless of species. <laughs> all right so what else do we have anything um so if it's okay i'd like to end session zero with a very very short vignette that will involve meyer and dexter okay is everyone okay with that mm-hmm Myron, it is, it's very late at night. You're asleep in bed. Uh, describe your, uh, your home and, and your bedroom to me, please. Um, uh, my uh, family home is a, a stately uh, 19th century home. Uh, in the uh, in the hills opposite downtown Providence, um, my parents being deceased, I sleep in the master bedroom, which is heavily paneled wood. Um, there's a bell pull, but I don't have any in-house servants at night. Uh, I have a cognac before bed, uh, and I'm uh, reading a, a, a book of anthropology before I retire. Are Are you married? No. Okay, so you're alone in bed. Yes, in the empty in okay. empty house. Okay. Um. Something awakens you. A sound. Uh, it's like a shuffling. You hear like uh, somebody's walking around in your room. In, in the room. In your room. What do you do? Um. I guess yeah. I, I I go straight for the the cord on the bedroom light. Okay. I um, quietly and quickly. You you reach for the light and um, the the pull cord uh, as you as you pull on it the uh, the bulb pops and so only for an instant is there light and then you're you're plunged in darkness again except your eyes adjust and as you look at the foot of your bed there's a green light and uh, this green light is uh, emanating from 
uh, a ghostly figure. There's an apparition at the foot of your bed. Um, it looks like a, a, a tall man, but um, the features are, 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 are blended and uh, not defined. Um, so you're having a, a hard time um, seeing and recognizing who this is. And this, this person, this male figure, this apparition um, is, uh, is silently uh, reaching out to you. And you can see, even though the, uh, the, the, the blended face looks almost like it's, it's smoothed over skin, you can tell the jaw is opening and, and there's a hollowing kind of occurring in the mouth area. It's all, almost as if it's screaming out at you, wanting some help. It reaches out towards you. And then as you're looking at it, a, a large portion of its of its skull is suddenly it looks as if it's been bitten away it's just gone and it has the scalping as if as if teeth marks have have bitten into it and it and it it writhes in ag in agony even more make a sand roll please <laughs> well, uh, I rolled an 89 for 47. Uh, lose D4, please. Curses. That's a three. All right. Uh, this, this apparition... Uh, in in silence, in in this agony, as it's uh, trying to reach out to you, it's trying to communicate to you. It 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 grabs at its head where it's just been bitten away, and it begins to th to thrash and, and fight against some sort of invisible foe. As yet another bite mark, it just you know a chunk of head is bitten away again, and and you see the apparition. Uh, uh, you know, it seems to be in, in the throes of agony as this, this one last gesture of, of pain. And then it just, it starts to fade and collapse as it's falling. And as it's falling, it never, the, 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 the spiritual body never even hits the floor as it, as it evaporates and, and, and just fades away into like uh, motes of, of green dust that, that eventually faded away into blackness. Uh, you look at your table where the the lamp had just popped, and uh, uh, you've got one of those uh, uh, alarm clocks, newfangled alarm clocks. And they've got those those number little uh, placards that that tick over, you know, the little tab that holds them. And uh, you can see that it's twelve oh two a.m. Uh, as this occurs. Uh, roll percentile for me, if you would. So please. the the appear the thing appeared just at midnight, I would think. And I saw yep. no sense of a creature, creature that was doing harm. None, none. It was something invisible. I just rolled a ninety-three. All right. Uh, well, with that failure, you do realize then um, that that apparition, that faceless apparition, that was uh, having its skull bitten and eaten, and it and it died by those wounds 
um, that was an apparition of Professor Philip, Philip Baxter. Baxter. And so we'll end there. And that is our initial vignette for Spawn of Azathoth, Herald at the End of Time. Right. Um, well, uh, our players will be <laughs> Morgan Llewellyn, Stuart Lively, Josh Harwood, David Gasway, and myself. But John Hook has the keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing up to four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs fall with the short provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure in the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good game.